0: People are always complimenting on my photos and they ask me, who is your photographer? And I tell them I don't have a photographer. I have access to the best photographers. That's the main reason why today's episode is brought to you by Verve Portraits. Let me share my experience with Verve. They genuinely want to know all about you. They are curious about your why, your purpose, to establish the right elements for a memorable experience. Verve really know how to capture your story and bring it to life that creates emotional connection. They carefully select the best photographers from around the world, and their mission is to create unforgettable experiences that will be celebrated for a lifetime. So I highly recommend that you check them out and prepare yourself for your own unforgettable experience. It's now time to head over to verveportraits.com.au forward slash Catherine, where you receive a discount as a special gift for our listeners. This week, we have another super guest for you, Anodia Judith. She has been called a prophet for our time, a globally recognized teacher, speaker, healer and writer on the intersection of personal and collective awakening. Her passion for the realization of our potential matches her concern for humanity's impending crisis that we wake up in time. She's best known for her groundbreaking work, reviving the chakra system of ancient yoga and its Found correlation to human psychology, cultural evolution and the downward process of manifestation. Her best-selling books have gained worldwide recognition with over a million books in print in 18 languages and won several awards. Her central vision is that our evolutionary challenge is learn how to create heaven on earth. This will of course take a miracle but she believes that is the initial challenge of humans learning to wield the power of gods. And finally, Enodia is a musician, artist, poet, avid gardener, priestess, mother and grandmother whose pioneering work has changed lives and is working towards changing the world. It's now time to get your chakras tuned into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today we have another super special guest for you all the way from sunny California, definitely different from the wintry morning uh, in uh, Melbourne that we have and you probably can hear the winds in the in the background. But we have Anadeya Judith. Welcome to I Am Woman Project.
1: Thank you. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Now, we were just having a bit of a chat before, and I was looking through your window and admiring the sun coming through, those rays coming through the window. And uh, I was just explaining to Anadaya there is a really massive storm, so you can hear the wind in the background. But um, I hope that doesn't get in the way of our our, uh, conversation today.
1: I don't think it will. We just keep the charge up.
0: That's it, absolutely. So, Anandaya, we always love to start with our unique story. So, we'd love to ask you, what is your unique story, and uh, tell us how you got to where you are today.
1: Well, you know, I uh, the chakras came to me when I took off from civilization and I went and lived alone on a mountaintop for two months off the grid in a tent. All by myself and I every day you know hiked around the mountain that was my earth I had to deal with the water and the rain that was my you know that was dealing with water whether I had enough water or whether I kept things dry I had a fire every night I could I was above the clouds and I could watch the clouds go by in the air and I really meditated a lot on the elements And I knew about the chakras at that time and how they're connected with sacred elements. And I got how important the lower chakras were, where everything I had read at that point said that, oh, only the upper chakras are important and the lower chakras are bad, evil, shut them down. And I said, no, not that's not right. And I actually devised at that time the seven element system that I use, earth, water, fire, air, sound, light, and thought, or consciousness, and I've been teaching it that way ever since. But it came from my period on the mountain where I just meditated a lot and a lot of the what I teach came to me at that time.
0: Mm, I love that. And for our listeners, talk us through the lower chakras and,
1: and how important are they? What do we do with them? Well, the first chakra at the base of the spine is your grounding. It grounds us into the earth. Now, we come from a time, a period where spirituality was all about pulling away from the earth. And that was really the masculine pull of spirituality when the Father God came in and dominated the Mother Goddess and everything she represented, which was nature and woman and birth. And... You know, all of that got a bad name, but I think that when we have a culture that doesn't value the earth, we have a culture that is destroying the earth, and that's what we're dealing with in this world. So it's really important to be grounded and anchored in the element earth. Chakra two is water, and we know that nothing lives without water. So we conceive life within liquid. We have liquid blood running through our veins that keeps us alive water we're we're 75 percent water in our bodies and then chakra three is fire and that's our vitality our get up and go our will our strength our power we don't want to give that up or we can't do anything and chakra four is air it's the breath it's love now the old text of course you know did not say that anything that chakra four is a bad thing but that's the middle, the integrator of above and below. And then chakra five is sound, communication. Chakra six is light, which is how we see and have intuition and insight. And chakra seven is consciousness itself, which we experience through our thoughts and awareness.
0: Mm. So basically, the fourth chakra is the ner- the earth from um, as above, so below kind of thing.
1: Exactly. Its symbol is a six-pointed star, two intersecting triangles, spirit coming down into matter, matter rising up into spirit, and they're perfectly balanced and interpenetrating at the heart chakra.
0: Hmm. So how is one to activate their chakras? What would be some of those things? So we're talking about, I understand that, uh, you know, if you meditate, that's a great way to activate those upper chakras, but what are some of those things that we can do to activate those lower chakras?
1: Well, the earth is stored energy, you know, solid matter is stored. I use the word charge but um, it's it's stored up energy. So when we push into the earth, we get energy back. All you have to do is stamp your feet into the ground, and you feel that can energize your legs. So I think of the two legs like the two prongs of a plug that plug into the plane of the earth, and then we get energy coming into the body. And so that's the job of the first chakra, to get us plugged into the earth. That starts the whole ball game. And once we get energy coming into the body, the job of the second chakra is to move it through the body. Second chakra is movement, just like water is a flow. In third chakra, our power chakra, we want to concentrate the energy so we can turn it into power and effectiveness. In the fourth chakra, it begins to expand in the breath into the element air. And then we expand as we move up. But we get our chakras energized by getting some energy going through the system. Mm. So this is why
0: it's important to invest as much time as possible in nature barefoot.
1: It is very good to do that. It resets our nervous system. It's what we were made for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this is all very aligned with your new book, correct? Charge and the Energy Body? Yes, Mm -hmm. would you like to talk us through that a little bit just to unpack the book
1: sure well let me first say what I mean by the word charge I like to think of it as consciousness having a really genuine experience because when we have a charge on something we know we're feeling something we feel alive we feel engaged it may be positive or negative we might be excited or we might be afraid Um, we could be angry or we could be sexually turned on. All those things are examples of charge, but it's another word for our life force. You know, in yoga, we call it prana. Acupuncture calls it chi. Freud called it libido. Star Wars calls it the force. It's all the same thing, but I like charge because you can say to people, gee, you really have a charge on that issue, don't you? Or, you know, you still have a charge on your ex-husband or you have a charge on politics or whatever it is. And we can actually own that. We can say that to a child. And I've written the book because I find that we all crave this life force, this feeling of being really alive, but we don't quite know how to handle it, how to manage it. We've been told since we were young, you know, be quiet, hold still, You know, pull yourself in, you're too big, you're too much. And so people have learned to sit on their charge and block it. I'm a bioenergetic therapist, among other things. And it's all about using the life force energy to free up the blocks or the body armor so that we become more intrinsically alive.
0: Wow. That's amazing. So how do we move? So for example, and when there is a lot of charge within us, and it could be from past trauma, it could be from past relationships. How does one get rid of that charge, the excess charge?
1: Well, you know, we live by charging and discharging. We do that all day. Every time we take a breath in, we're bringing charge in. Every time we exhale, we're letting charge out. And discharging is basically taking energy from inside and expressing it outward in some way, which we do by talking, by moving, by working, by creating, um, singing, yelling, exhaling, you know, hitting, running, any of those things are a discharge. So if we feel like we have too much, and too much kind of feels like anxiety, um, simple ways to discharge is to make some sound, to shake your hands, to stamp your feet, to just move your body, to push against something. Um, And that discharges it and brings it down to a little more comfortable level.
0: Mm. Because I have heard, there's a a lot of research out there as well, that when we don't release that excess energy or the charge that you talk about, it manifests in our body. And it can actually, so for example, if I... um, uh, and I remember I was told this, I actually had this knee problem constantly on my right knee. And uh, when I worked with some of the therapists, they were saying that the, you're holding back a lot of emotion. It's almost like an emotional block, which is not allowing you to move forward. What are your thoughts around that?
1: I think that's true. I think that physical pain in the body Um, is a blocked energy and you might even say well it hurts because I broke a bone but when you broke the bone the the pathway for the energy to move was also disrupted so it doesn't mean there isn't a physical cause but it results in a block of energy and if you free up the energy it promotes healing I'm not saying it'll automatically mend the bone that'll take its time but it it promotes the healing process so I think yeah blocked energy will create pain it'll build up And we need to get that moving through and discharge it.
0: Mm. So uh, I have to ask you, I was actually, as I was looking through your website, I actually wrote a little note here to talk us through. And I know you're doing, uh, you're touring around and doing some uh, workshops, but the seven windows of the soul, which actually brought a lot of curiosity within me. What
1: are those seven windows to the soul? Well, the seven windows to the soul represent the seven chakras. Okay. And if we look at a person through those windows, or we would look from our life out into the world through those windows, I see it as a profound formula for wholeness. It's really, I call the chakras the architecture of the soul. And, um, You know, just like everyone has two eyes, a nose and a mouth, and yet we all look very different. You know, we all have these energy centers, and yet each of us express them in different ways. And that's the soul shining out into the world through these windows of the chakras.
0: Wow. So for those that are not familiar with chakras, uh, what would be one of those things that we could do to get in touch with our chakras? Would it be through meditation or what would be the best way to move into that energy?
1: Well, I'd say the best way is to start feeling your body. Most people don't really feel their body and they don't really pay attention to the way energy moves through their body. So let me give you an example. Let's say someone is in a relationship and they get triggered by something their partner says. Happens all the time, right? And when they're triggered, they can feel a charge come up in their body. I think we've all experienced this at some point. And of course, you know, that might be an argument or it might be being upset about something. If you can step back from that and go, what's going on in my body? What part of my body is becoming activated? You might come up with an answer like, oh, my heart's beating really rapidly. Oh, my stomach is tied up in a knot. Oh, my throat is tightening or my jaw is trembling or my legs are shaky. And that's the presence of charge in the body. And where it is related to where the chakra is located in the body you know, each of the chakras have a has a location. You know, the heart is in the middle of the chest, and the throat chakras in the throat. You know, and each one has a location, so that if your heart's beating very rapidly, it might have something to do with the qualities of the heart chakra, which is love. If it's coming up into your throat, there's probably something you want to say, because charge arises for a purpose, and That purpose can be activation of a chakra so that you can do something. In each one of the chakras, it has a different purpose. So first we have to understand the system. Then we have to feel our body and say, okay, my power chakra is getting really activated right now. You know, what does it want to do? We have to begin by paying attention.
0: Mm. So what would be the purpose of each one, if you wouldn't mind taking us through uh, the seven
1: Sure. So the purpose of the first chakra is to get us grounded, connected, and drawing earth energy up into our body, like I say, plugging into the earth plane in order to energize. And charge arises in the first chakra for the purpose of survival. Um, Basic At its most basic level, fight or flight. So when something is threatening... You know, like let's say you have a close call driving in a car and somebody misses you, but they almost hit you. You're going to feel in that moment charge flooding your body. And so whenever something is threatening, it fills the body with energy so that we can either fight off our attacker or we can run away to safety. Now, if we can't do any one, either one of those things, sometimes the charge freezes and that blocks the first chakra. In the second chakra, charge arises for the purpose of feeling and emotion. Emotion is a way that the body connects with the mind. It says, ah, oh, something's feeling off here. You better check it out. Or, you know, you have feelings. They are an expression of do I want something or do I not want something. It moves us through life. In the third chakra, charge arises for the purpose of action. It says, I want to do something. You know, what can I do here? I'm going to take charge of this. I'm going to command that. I'm going to get this done. It goes up for action. And if it's blocked, then we have a hard time getting into action. We get, you know, we get anxious about what to do or we get passively demotivated and we can't do anything. In the fourth chakra, the heart chakra, charge arises for the purpose of love, to be exchanged with another human being It's the most basic charge that we receive from our parents when we're growing up. We feed on it, we nurture on it, and it is, you know, what makes the world go round. In the fifth chakra, charge arises for the purpose of communication. That's the throat. And in the sixth chakra, for imagination and intuition, really, you know, a charge will come up and you go, hmm, i got a funny feeling about this. You know, it may come from an emotion that arises up and you go, you know, something doesn't seem right here. I have an intuition that I shouldn't go to this party or I shouldn't go take that job. Um, that's our intuition working. And in the seventh chakra, charge becomes intelligence and awareness. The more charge we have, the more aware we are. As it moves through the body, we're aware of where we are in space. We're aware of how we feel, what we think, what's going on in other people. So that's the quick run through.
0: Mm, I love that because then you can actually, it's something tangible. It's just really connecting, like you said, with your body. Where exactly is that charge? And then... Uh, you can really get into whatever's going on, whether it's you know your heart chakra or your throat chakra. Because I have heard that when you have a sore throat, uh, I remember one of my teachers, she, she actually said to me, what are you not saying? What are you holding back from speaking?
1: That's right, yeah. Mm. Yeah, very good. And especially if your throat gets tight in a situation. Mm. And It may not be the current situation that it's about. That's just triggering the block charge you have from your childhood, for example, the times when you couldn't speak back to your parents. And now with an argument with your partner, that's getting triggered.
0: So how do you then clear away those unconscious limiting beliefs that are stored in those deeper part of those uh, seven energy systems?
1: Well, there's different ways depending on what chakra you're dealing with. You know, in the heart chakra, I work a lot with the breath. In the throat chakra, I work a lot with sound and words. In the first chakra, I work a lot with the legs, getting somebody really anchored through their legs. In the second chakra, I work with movement. So there's different exercises. As a bioenergetic therapist, I have a number of energy-moving exercises that I do with my clients and my students, um, to teach them how to move charge through the body and uh dissolve the blocks. Now, the thing is this. When charge arises in the body and we're all blocked up, the charge will push against the blocks. And in that moment, we'll feel very uncomfortable. And basically, when someone says, oh, I could never talk in front of people, I'd be too uncomfortable with that, or I could never you know, dance, or I could never, you know, we hear this all the time, oh, that would make me uncomfortable. What somebody's really saying is the charge that would arise in them doing that would be more than they could comfortably handle. And that's because the charge wants to break through the blocks. And when it does break through the blocks, it actually feels great. It's just that we're afraid of that because we put those blocks together once upon a time for a very good reason. And so we're afraid that it still isn't safe to speak, or it still isn't safe to take action, and yet we want to. So there's a little struggle inside. When that struggle breaks through, the charge becomes a stream of aliveness, and then we don't have to get rid of it. We can harvest it into our tissues for more awareness and more aliveness
0: hmm so would you mind talking us through uh how to heal the mind and body split
1: well that's a complicated process it's sort of saying saying to a doctor well how do you heal illness
0: yeah but But what so uh, what would be maybe let's go into what is a mind and body split
1: yeah so you know in this culture we're, we're in a culture of separation where we've come through an age of making distinctions. Oh, the mind is separate from the body. Spirit is separate from matter. Heaven is separate from earth. Male is separate from female. You know, we've done all these separations, and that's really an illusion. Mind and body work very closely together, but what is the essence that allows mind and body to work together? It's the life force energy or charge. And here's the analogy I use for this. You know, we're all familiar with computers. Computers have hardware, which is your phone or your desktop or your laptop. That's your hardware. They're loaded with software. That's your programs. And they only work when electricity is going through the system. If your cell phone battery dies, doesn't matter whether you got the latest model of phone and you have all your information stored on it, without energy going through the system, the hardware and software can't interface. Well, in the same way, your programming that is in your mind, in your consciousness, is telling your life force where to go in your body and where not to go. The life force energy is allowing mind and body to connect. So your program might say, oh, smile at Aunt Mary. You're supposed to be nice, even though you can't stand her. (laughs) Or your programming might say, oh, I have to be very quiet or I have to be very helpful to be liked. Whatever our programming is, tells that energy where to go, and it may say, I don't want to access my second chakra and all the emotions down there, so I'm just going to shut that off and not allow energy to go through that part of my body so that I'm not aware of it. So we control the energy as a way to separate mind and body, and when we allow the energy to fully flow, mind and body are more connected. Mm.
0: that's interesting i'm i'm as you're saying and i'm 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 actually visualizing and trying to put myself in a situation where i have felt that way so for example for uh and as i was doing that there are, there has been say times where i'm probably feeling overwhelmed or a little bit anxious mm-hmm. and i talk myself out of it i don't allow that to flow through my body though
1: Yeah, and that's fine. You know, there's times when you might need to do that. Let's say somebody is about to go on a job interview and they're really nervous and they're standing outside the door. They've only got three minutes before the interview. They need something, a quick way to discharge so that they can be comfortable and clear on the Mm -hmm. interview. Now, if we suppress it or discharge it, That can be good for a quick fix, and that's sometimes necessary, but it doesn't heal the blockages. And then the anxiety comes up again and again in other places, and it becomes a a matter of management more than healing. If we heal it, we actually allow the charge to come up and be experienced, and it will come up and move out, and it will begin to balance on its own when we allow the doors to be open.
0: Right, I gotcha. Yeah, because I think that for me, when I have a charge, so it could be anything, even an emotion, if I feel a certain way and it's obviously not the appropriate time for me to talk about it, in my mind I'll park it and I'll, I will will deal with it later when it's the right and appropriate time.
1: Yeah, and that's an appropriate thing to do. We need to be able to have the ability to do that, to be, you know, functioning adults But if you were always parking it and you never dealt with it, it would catch up with you after a while.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So Anandaya, if somebody wanted to embark on a new path, what would be that one piece of advice that you would like to give them?
1: Well, I say the chakra system is a beautiful map for the path of awakening, the path of personal growth, spiritual growth, collective growth, you know, our society um, that this rainbow bridge between heaven and earth that is the chakras that goes through the center of each person if you're following a path that's the map Mm. And do you
0: know, this this I think there's some people uh, stay away from chakra uh, readings, or because it, it can be a little bit complex because it's Sanskrit. It's, it can be some textbooks out there, but you've, you've done it beautifully. You've actually done it in a way that people can actually relate to and apply it.
1: I try to make it really practical and make sense for our everyday lives that's what we're dealing with here you know we want to live better richer fuller healthier lives and um the chakra system is a beautiful formula to follow a good recipe for being well balanced and healthy if we address our lives in each one of those we've got a good shot at becoming whole
0: Mm, absolutely so Anadea through your adventures and your journey in life what has been some of your greatest lessons that you've learned along the way
1: wow I've had to learn to be grounded and in my body because I wasn't you know due to some childhood things I went way out of my body and it's been a lifetime of trying to come back in and do embodied practices uh learn to open my heart And, uh, you know, I feel like different phases of my life have been centered on the different chakras. You know, when I lived off the grid on the mountaintop, that was really kind of my earth phase. And when I was pregnant with my son, that was my kind of second chakra that, you know, baby was growing in my belly. Um, You know, there was a time that I was president of a large organization and all that. That was kind of my power period, you know, and then. Uh, later, I married a man with three kids, and we raised four together. And that was my family period. That was very heart chakra. And then in my career, it's been a lot of communication and, you know, trying to give people a vision and and learning and information and teaching. So it's I'm sort of up in the sh- upper chakras now, mm. but I haven't let go of the lower ones. I mean, I'm still got those going. It's sort of like spinning plates, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and there is a lot of text around. Do they all spin in different directions?
1: Well, there's different views on that. And my view is this. Um, there's currents going through and around the chakras. There's a one going right up the center called the sushumna. And then there's two that go up the side and cross between each chakra. They give you those figure eight patterns you sometimes see like on the caduceus, the symbol for healing, it's the same thing. And they're called Ida and Pingala, sun and moon, and they spin, they, they move in opposite directions, so they contribute to the spinning of the chakras, in my opinion, that each one is clockwise and counterclockwise, and they you know vary between them, so that they spin like gears. So when one is spinning in one direction, and it swells and expands, it makes the other one spin in the opposite direction, And then when you get energy moving through there, it has the serpentine motion of kundalini. Right.
0: The reason I was asking that too, because I remember many moons ago when I did uh, pranic healing, we actually, when we were working with the chakras, we were actually, when we were cleaning out the chakras, we were going anti-clockwise. And when we were filling out the chakras, with depending on what type of crystal wand you had, we were going clockwise to fill them.
1: Yeah. I that's very common, and they never say from whose perspective. Anti-clockwise from the the perspective that the healer working on someone else, or from your own self, your own point of view. Like books never say which they mean, and different schools teach it different ways. But it's usually from the perspective that the healer. I'm making your chakra go clockwise or counterclockwise. But here's the thing: I don't see the chakras as flat little you know, pinwheels that are spinning in one dimension only. So they're going, you know, either clockwise or, you know, like a flat clock face, mm. but deep spherical patterns that spin out into our lives. And they spin more like a sphere than a circle. And uh so in many ways, my opinion about you know changing the spin of the chakras is sort of like saying, well, if you part your hair on the other side, you're going to get rid of your headache or be smarter. <laughs> I don't. It's <laughs> affects it so What's deeply inside us. Mm. I think it's very superficial.
0: Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. It makes sense. So the other thing that we love to ask our Women of Inspiration is pain points. We believe everyone deals with pain points. What would be some of those pain points that you deal with on a day-to-day basis and how do you move through them?
1: Oh, wow. Well, I'm no stranger to that one. I have had um, long undiagnosed and then finally diagnosed uh, Lyme disease and that's brought an incredible amount of pain into my body and I would say I deal with pain every single day Mm. (laughs) uh, on some level. And some days are better than others, so it's a but it's a constant teacher it's taught me so much about yoga because I have to be so much more careful on my mat it's taught me so much about monitoring how I eat and sleep and the things I do. so I find that pain is a great teacher mm, and he's blessed with. You know, I mean, it's been more physical pain than emotional pain or, you know, I mean, I've had that in the past. These days, I don't seem to have any of that. Um, but it's a teacher.
0: Mm, yeah. I remember just the other day I was speaking to another lady and she was saying that everything we go through really is an initiation onto something else. That's so- right. Yeah, I love that because I mean, I, was, I mean, for me, I've I've been struggling with anxiety for quite some time, and it's one of those things that I call it a gift, because when I feel it in my body, I know that that's a sign for me to slow down, and I embrace it, I work with it, and I dance with it. I don't I don't fear it, so it's um it is an initiation because I've learned so much from it, so so much
1: from it. Yes, all of those things are teachers, and you know the root of the word anxiety comes from the Latin angere, to squeeze or choke. And I think that anxiety is when the body contracts against the energy. It's like it can't allow it for some reason. And then you've got that fight between the charge and the block that feels very uncomfortable. And anxiety is very uncomfortable, right? Oh, I sure is, yes. It is, absolutely. And
0: it, it is true because you, you feel it like I can, it just it just happens. It's not something you can control. But when it does, you can feel it in your body, and the impact. It's the first time in my life because I've always been a woman uh, in control of my life. And mm-hmm. this is one thing I can't control.
1: Right. So I would suggest you befriend it and look at it. Oh, this isn't anxiety. This is charge. Where am I blocking the charge and what does it want to do? Make friends of it. Welcome the energy.
0: Mm. Yeah, I like that. I will do that. I'll practice that. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for that. So, Anna Day, another thing that we love to um, ask our woman of inspiration is uh, what do you think is a reason people fail to succeed? Whether it's in life
1: or business, what would be that one thing that really stands out for you? I think they expect it to be too easy. Yeah. They give up. I think the main reason people fail is they give up. Mm -hmm. And they don't have a very clear intention of what, it's intention and commitment. You make an intention, I have an intention to do this, and I am going to commit to do whatever it takes to get there. And many people just, as soon as they hit the first obstacle or the second or the third, they say, oh, this is too hard, or maybe I'm not meant to do it or they change courses and you know everybody that i know that is successful and including myself has stuck to something for a long long time mm. and they've met many many obstacles but they haven't been stopped by the obstacles so
0: true it's 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 like when you actually look after a garden You know, when you think about, you know, your idea, you plant the seed, then you have to cultivate that idea. So you're putting in daily energy and then finally you have the harvest. But people expect something to happen overnight.
1: That's right. Yeah. And I'm a gardener, too. I love that analogy. Mm. You know, it takes years to have a beautiful garden, to cultivate the plants so they're big enough to really flower and have babies. And, you know, so it takes years to develop your career path, your success. Um, you know, I've been at this with the chakras for 45 years now.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And uh, and when you think about it, it's it probably that in that time it probably wasn't spoken about as much as it is today, do you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. When I started, nobody, I mean, people thought yoga was a fermented dairy drink that came in little plastic cups. You know, and people didn't know what chakras were at all. Nobody had heard of the word. Now it's a household word. I mean, it's come a long way in that time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Anna Day, the other thing that we love to do as we wrap up the show, we love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you?
1: My personal brand. Your
0: personal brand.
1: (coughs) Oh, um, heaven on earth. Oh, I love that. To create heaven on earth. That's our purpose in humanity right now. Learn how to create heaven on
0: earth. Oh, I love that. It reminds me of Dr. Bruce Lipton when we ran a summit. He was saying that there, there is heaven is on earth. You know, there's he was talking about how you know there's this. So many of us think that heaven is is the place to be, and so we focus on getting there, and we we pray to it, and we meditate. Uh, but really, it's here, right here today.
1: Yep, yeah, it's right here. And we need to co-create with the divine to bring heaven down. My friend uh, Neil Rogan says, we don't need to raise hell to change the world. We just need to lower heaven.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Awesome. And the other thing that we do as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask a woman of inspiration to leave three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners?
1: Well, I would say that it all starts whatever you want to do to be really clear on your intention and don't change it, you know, every five minutes. Say, this is what I'm going to do and focus on that until it's complete. And in that process to visualize your end goal very frequently. The more you embellish it in your mind and visualize it, the more you make it real, but do it without attachment. Just do it as matter of fact as, you know, you imagine looking for spaghetti sauce in the supermarket and you find the place that matches. Um, Just very matter of fact, without attachment. And, you know, when you're trying to manifest something, make a plan and then stick to that plan. But take it at bite by bite pieces. Don't get overwhelmed by the whole thing. Just say, I'll do this tomorrow and I'll do this next week. And I'll do that then. Make a plan that plots it out on a calendar until it's completion, and then fulfill on that plan.
0: Mm, Love all three. One that really resonates with me is visualizing your outcome frequently, but without attachment. So how does one visualize their outcome? So having the end in mind and keep focusing on your goal, but not be attached to it.
1: Um, You know, let's say I'm writing a book, then I'm visualizing the finished book in my hand. Maybe I'm visualizing signing books at a bookstore or something like that. Um, And I just see it like from a distance. And the thing that keeps us from being attached is to be amused. Like, I don't have to have that. And to bring in a little bit of amusement, like, you know, I'll imagine smiling at the people that I'm talking to or, or something that creates a little bit of fun in it because you know when we're having fun we're not attached we're attached when we're miserable (laughs)
0: yeah absolutely so i'm looking at from a manifestation point of view so how does one and how could we actually use our chakras for manifestation so if we visualize an outcome without attachment then how do we activate or what would be the best chakra to activate for our
1: manifestation process Well, I wrote a whole book on that called Creating on Purpose, and it's the top-down journey through the chakras. So very briefly, first you reach up into the highest consciousness for guidance, and you get an idea. That's a thought. Then you visualize the idea, and you create an image of your goal. Then you talk about it and you break it down into goals that you can state, you know, signposts along the way. You find the right people to do it with. That's the heart chakra. You know, the communication of of, of your needs and your goal is your fifth chakra. You find the right people to do it with and to give you support. In the fourth chakra, in the third chakra, you make a plan and you empower that and you get things done. In second chakra, you get in the flow. You have a good time with it. You have fun. You make it sensually alive uh, so it's attractive to people. You attract clients. You attract customers. You attract uh, students, readers, whatever you need. And then you make your commitment in the first chakra and you bring everything down into very specific nuts and bolts and you tighten all the bolts and you finish everything that you commit and then you'll have your manifestation.
0: Oh, just love that. Absolutely love that. So for our listeners, where would be the best place to find you? Because you've got quite a few books and a a couple of, um, I think you've got three websites too.
1: Yeah, I have four websites, but the main one is AnadeaJudith.com, A-N-O-D-E-A, last name Judith, J-U-D-I-T-H.com, and that will lead you to my books, to my workshops, to online courses, to everything that I'm doing.
0: Anadea, I can't thank you enough for you coming on uh, on the show, for your time, your energy, and sharing your wisdom with us. It's been amazing. I've learned a lot. I've got pages of notes here. It's been awesome. Thank you so very much.
1: Oh, that's great. Well, thank you, Catherine. It's been a delight.
0: That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show, as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift, where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.